Sorry, I had to take a break right there. Had a little itch in my throat. I think I inhaled a whisker. That happens sometimes. <laughs> I know it's gross. It is disgusting. But it happens, and when it happens, it's just, you get this tickle in your throat. It's, it's there. I'm going to have to deal with this. This has to be dealt with. All right, I'm feeling better. Uh, so we're in this series. We're in this series where we're talking about making good choices, and we talked about flow charts. Um, last week, we talked about what a, what a flow chart is and how you use a flow chart. Flow charts are weird because they're kind of like the symbol on my shirt. When you look at them at first, you might go, I have no idea what that is. Anybody know what this is? Who wasn't here last service? <laughs> Only Same as last, last hour. Only us old people raise our hands, right? You, do, do you know what it is? No, no. Do you know what's on my shirt? Do you know what this what this is? Uh, uh, yeah. So, so this is this is the thing. When you look at this, some people would look at it and go, "Is that from Star Wars, or is that like a logo?" But what it is, way back when I was in middle school, we had these things called records, and they played music. They were these big black things, and they'd turn around and you put a needle on them. But some records are big. They were called LPs, which means long play. And they went at 33 RPMs. That means they spun around 33 rotations per minute. But if you really liked a song, then you went out and bought the single on 45, which was a small record that just had like one song on one side, and then it'd have some other song on the other side. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad, sometimes it wasn't even on the album. So, but that was called a 45 single. But they had, the 45s had a big hole in the middle. So, if you wanted to stack up records so that they'd play one after the other on your record player, you could do that with the albums the LPs, but you couldn't do it with the 45s because the spindle was too skinny. So you pop a thing that looks like this in the middle of it, and then it would play on the small spindle. So later on, when you go to college and you get all hipstery and start buying vinyl, then you'll know what this is, and you'll, you'll, you'll be like, Chris had such a cool shirt when I was in middle school. And... And you, you really won't appreciate this for about seven years. And then you're going to be like, that was a cool shirt. Right now you're going, that was a waste of my time. You have wasted my time this morning, Chris. But flowcharts are kind of the same way because you look at a flowchart and sometimes you look at it and you're like, that's weird. It doesn't make any sense. But then you, when you get to know how it works and everything, you go, oh, I, I see. It's a it's a process to understand something. I put a new flow chart on your notes uh, because it, sometimes we need to answer the question, am I a horse? Sometimes I wake up in the morning, right? My alarm goes off. I lift off my weighted blanket from my beautiful, restful sleep. I sit up, and just for a second, sometimes it's just a second, sometimes it's a little longer, I think, oh, no, am I a horse? And... If I ask that question, I have this flow chart next to my bed that I can look at, and by the time I finish the flow chart, I'm pretty sure, usually, I'm pretty sure that I'm not a horse. Pretty sure. Um, so, you know, you can do that. You, I, I feel free to follow the flow chart right now. If any of you are horses, please let me know, um, because, you know, 
I, I think that would be kind of cool. We could have pony rides and all kinds of stuff up here. All right, uh, we just need a horse in middle school. Um, so look at that. We can use a flowchart to help us make decisions under, or understand the relationship between things. Flowcharts are kind of a, a great thing. So last week we talked about when we have to make a decision, a big decision, a, a problematic decision, a decision that has a lot of parts to it, sometimes I think it would benefit us if we had a flowchart. So we could ask one question, say yes or no, and then move to the next question, the next question, and the next question, and be able to identify whether this is a good thing, a good choice to make, or a bad choice to make. And so um, last week we asked the first question. I believe there's four questions, and over the next few weeks we're going to ask the other three. But last week we asked the first question, and anybody, does anybody remember what the first question was? What is the first question? right or wrong? Is it right or wrong? Is it right or wrong? Okay. Now, this is a basic question. Is it right or wrong? And, and we would say that if it's right, if it's lawful, if it's, um, it follows the rules, stuff like that, then it's, it's good. You should do it. If it's wrong, then you probably shouldn't do it. So if your parents say you need to be home at a certain time, every evening and you decide you, you have a chance to do something that's past that time, then it would probably be a bad choice to do that, right? So if it's right or wrong. Um, so, when, uh, and I put a verse on there too, because sometimes I think, you know, what are the, what, this verse, this is a verse I was going to share later in this series um, I think it's a cool verse. Now, this is, to put it in context, in the book of Micah, chapter 6, before this, the first seven verses, it's, the writer is asking things like, what should I do to please God? And it's saying things like, should I eat certain foods? Should I offer certain offerings? Should I offer my children as a sacrifice? Like, it's asking those questions. The answer is no, no. Don't do that. God. I, it's funny, you know, when I asked your parents, they all said, yes. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Not true. Not true. Um, but so, but the, what, the, what the writer says is, no, he, God's already given us what will please him. And he, so he says, he, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Those are the things that God wants from us. So if you ever are like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know, if, I don't know of a rule for this. Then ask yourself, is it a just thing to do? Is it merciful? And is it humble? And if it's those three things, then it's probably right. Okay? So... This, this is going to apply to kind of all the, the questions, the whole flow chart. This is a good, good question. If you only have one question to ask, if you only had one question, then ask, is it just, is it merciful, is it humble? If it's those three things, then it's good. But um, we're going to ask more questions, though. So we asked, is it right or wrong? And let's say you've, you've evaluated the thing that you want to do, the choice you have to make, and you've evaluated and you've chosen that, yes, it is not wrong, so it's all right. So now what's the next question? So the next question there. Next question. 
is, is it good for me? Now, when I say good for you, what do I mean? Somebody tell me, what, what's something that is good for you? You guys don't know anything that's good for you? All right, coming back. Water. <laughs> what? Water. Water is good for you. If you don't get water, you will die. You will die. You can live without food a lot longer than without water. Cake. Cake is good. Yes. Cake is good. I, I like cake. Cake is good for me. Exercising. Exercise is good. Is good. Exercise is good. Yes. Having good friends to talk to. Having good friends to talk to. That's good too. Yeah, yeah. Interaction. Human interaction. Is that good though? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Uh, sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm not sure. God. God. Hey, that was a good answer. Will you trust? Okay. Very good. Very good. One more. One more. Sleep. Sleep. Amen. Yes. Thank God for weighted blankets. Yes. Sleep is good. So, so all those things are good. But look at this. Sometimes some of those things are good like cake is good short-term, exercise, water, good friends. Those are better long-term. So look at this. Uh, I, I, we're going to skip down to the bottom uh, blank, uh, the blanks there. Good things can be measured in long-term or short-term. There are long-term goods and there are short-term goods. So there are things that are good, that are good in the moment, and there are things that are good for your future, right? So um, when I think about good things, I, I told him first hour, uh, when I was your age and all the way through college, I had a favorite um, meal. Um, it was actually a candy bar, but it was still, I would eat it like it was food. So I used to love, and, and some of you are going to be, you're, this is a candy bar that either people are grossed out by or they're like, yes, it's the best. So I loved zero bars. Zero bars. Silver wrapper, white chocolate, nougat, caramel. Oh, so much sugar that you can feel it pulse like through your veins. Like you feel your veins going, <laughs> and I love to wash that down with a Dr. Pepper. So a zero bar and a Dr. Pepper were my favorite meal. And I could eat that any time of the day. And I love that. Now, even just thinking about zero bars, thinking about a zero bar right now would probably, my dentist would probably go, what have you been eating? I mean, like just thinking about it is eroding my tooth enamel. It, they, I mean, it, that was leading me down a bad road, right? But at the moment, every time, every time I was offered a Zero Bar and a Dr. Pepper, I would always say yes, because it was beautiful. It was lovely, and, and it was tasty. I, I, was a, I was a commercial art major, and one of the first things we had to do was we had to draw, a, we had to make a billboard for something, and we had to draw it. We had to hand draw it and everything. My first billboard was for zero bars. And, uh, 
And, and, and I, I think my tagline was something like, satisfy your hunger with, with nothing, zero. Like, it was, it was stupid. Anyway, um, look at this verse, though, these verses, 1 Corinthians 6, 11 through 13. It says, and that is what some of you were. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. And then you say, and this is what you say. You say, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food is for the stomach, stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So I know this is about sexual immorality, but it's about a lot more than that. It's about the idea that that even if something is okay for me, that doesn't mean that it's good for me. Are zero bars okay? Yeah, they're not poison. Uh, well, I guess that could be argued. But uh, they're, they're not poison. They're not, not deadly. Again, that could be argued. Um, but, but in the moment, not bad. Cake, not bad. I mean, cake has eggs, flour. It, I mean, hey, it's a well-rounded meal. Um, so, uh, but is it good for you long-term? You have the right to do anything, but is that what's best for you? And so I think sometimes we ask the question, is it, um, is it okay? Is it good? Is it, um, uh, like, is, is it good for me? And the question we ask is in the moment, in the short term, and we go, Yes, this is good, right? Yes, stuff the zero bar, stuffing zero bar in his mouth, right? But look at this. At the bottom there, short-term is about feelings, and long-term is about goals, all right? Short-term is about feelings, and long-term is about goals. So when we make decisions on whether or not something is good for us, based on how we feel in the moment, a lot of times we are going to make the wrong decision because we're making a decision based in that moment, right? So, so again, if I, had, if I were still only eating or mostly eating Zero Bars and Dr. Pepper, I don't think I would be the same person that I am today. I would probably be three or four of the same person that I am today, um, but I, I, I would probably be sick. I, I would be at least pre-diabetic, if not diabetic. I mean, it, it would mess me up, right? That much sugar. So, but because I know that's not what I need long-term, I do different things. In the month of January, I decided, I did this last year too, and it, it felt really good, so I decided to do it again but I, I went completely, I've gone completely plant-based, right? So you might call it vegan, and you might, but I'm saying I, I'm not eating anything that didn't, doesn't grow in the ground or, or, or sprout from something that grows in the ground. So vegetables, you know, grains, those things are okay. Yes, hands are up. What comes from trees? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can eat chocolate. Yeah, chocolate's okay as long as it doesn't have eggs in it. Yes. Yeah, cows eat grass. I know. Cows eat grass, and then I eat a cow, but I'm not eating the grass 
the cow didn't grow from the grass. That would be weird. Um, and, and, and understand, understand, like, like I know, I know, I, I don't tell everybody that they should do that. I, I, I'm doing it for me, but, and, and I'm not going to do it forever because, you know, bacon. Um, so I, I, you know, so I, I love bacon and I love pepperoni too much to, to, to be plant-based forever, but I do say that when I do it for a period of time, I feel better. Right now, I feel better. I sleep better. All those things. So at the end of this, at the end of this, I, I will probably eat meat, but I might change how I eat meat, right? I might eat a little less because I know I feel better on this. Now, I didn't feel good the first couple of days. I felt kind of like all I could think of was bacon and pepperoni. I still had half a pack of pepperoni in the refrigerator. And so every time I'd open the refrigerator, I'd be like, pepperoni, no, what? No, stop. And, um, but as I've, as I've kept doing it, so like we went to lunch, uh, some of our staff went to lunch with uh, a friend of ours uh, on Wednesday. And when I sat down, I'm, I ordered my food and I ordered all the vegetable plate, right? And so I order all the vegetables, and I noticed the guy who went to lunch with us, he's eating all vegetables, right? And I'm like, oh, why did you choose that? And he said, I'm doing a plant-based diet. And I was like, me too. And, but, but when I told him why I was doing it, that I was doing it because it makes me feel better, and I like it. And he said, well, he was doing it because he and another pastor friend of his, they had challenged each other because in Genesis, it says all the things that God created, and then it says, and God created plants for food. Not animals for food, but plants for food. And so he said, I want to try to eat the way that God intended in the garden. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't eat meat, because that's all over the Bible, like eating meat is okay, and how to eat meat, and even in the New Testament, like... Uh, they, they talk about that you can, you can eat what you want and, and those things. But I, I, I love this idea of setting a goal that I'm going to do this for a period of time and I'm going to accomplish it because it's best for me. So when you think about goals and you think about your life, I know for you guys, one thing that's hard is your middle school brain. Now, some of you, if you're in eighth grade, you're starting to move past that a little bit but it's still hard for you guys to think long-term results. It's just the way you're wired. It's not your fault. It's biology's fault. Um, but it's hard for you to think long-term goals. But it's really good if you can think of, here's where I want to be in six months, and then you live that out for six months. I, I always say, like, if you say, I want to read, I want to start reading the Bible every day, Right? Kids will say that sometimes, like after camp or after closer, and you say, I want to have what I had there, so I want to start reading the Bible every day. But what they do is they say, I'm going to read the Bible every day, and they do it for a few days, and then they stop because they don't have a long-term goal. So I say something like, hey, see if you can read the whole book of John in a month, right? And so then you have a month, you lay it out, you set a goal, you, you can probably read it in much less than a month. And so then you meet your goal early and you go, hey, that's easy. I'm going to do this again. So meeting goals is a big deal. 
And setting goals is a big deal because it changes the decisions you make in the moment if you have a real tangible goal that's down the road that's, that's something that you know you want or maybe something that you know God wants for you, right? I, I, I knew a girl. Um, I've known her for a long time. And when she was little, pretty little, a missionary came to her church, and she said, I want to be a missionary. And so she wrote on a piece of paper and stuck it up on her mirror, and every time she would look at her mirror, it said, I want to be a missionary. It's cool, you know, little kid stuff, right? Little kid stuff. I want to be a missionary. I want to be a fireman, right? I want to be a missionary. And, and, but as it went on, she, she began to expand on that, Right? And by the time she was in your age, middle school, going into high school, she started thinking, yeah, I definitely think I want to do this. It's been in my mind for a while, but now I know I want to do this. And so she started planning, what does that look like for me? If I want to be a missionary, if I want to be a missionary, where do I want to be a missionary? What do I want to do? How am I going to do this? And so she started thinking, number one, she, she decided she wanted to be a missionary someplace that was dangerous to share the gospel. Um, my uncle was a missionary for years and years and years in the Soviet Union. Before it was Russia, before the Iron Curtain fell, when it was still communist, he was smuggling Bibles into the country. And he would tell us stories about this, and, and it was inspiring. It was cool. It was like spy stuff, right? Only with Bibles. You're a Bible spy. That's awesome. Like a Bible secret agent. And it was cool. And so that she said, you know, I think I want to be, go somewhere that's dangerous. And, and then she, as she got older, she said, I, I definitely want to be able to get into those countries. So I'm going to study nursing because usually those kind of countries, even if it's kind of dangerous, they always need nurses. So if I'm a nurse, it's more likely that they'll approve a visa for me to come in to a country like that. But then she also, you know, she's in middle school. She's starting to think about dating, right? About having a boyfriend, those kind of things, you know, writing notes. Do you like me? Check one, yes or no. You know, those kind of things. And people were sending her those notes, you know. Do you like me? Check one, yes or no. Will you go to the movie with me? Those kind of things. And she started to think about it, and she realized, hey, what if I start dating someone and I fall in love with them, and I get married, and they don't want to be a missionary. Then this thing that I've felt like God wanted me to do all my life, I won't be able to do. Right? So she, every guy who asks her out, most awkward conversation probably ever in the world, hey, do you want to go to the movies with me? Well, let me ask you a question. I'm planning to be a missionary and I'm planning to share the gospel of Jesus in a dangerous country. Do you think that's something you would be interested in? <laughs> and if they say no, then she goes, I'll go to the movie with you, but just as friends. I, I can't date anyone who's not, not going to do that. And because of that, I wish I could tell you, the good news is she found a guy who wanted to, no, nobody, nobody. And pretty soon guys stopped asking, Right? And that's hard, right? It's hard to make that choice and follow through. But, but she had a goal in mind. 
And then, then eventually she decided where she was going to go was Nepal, very dangerous country to share the gospel. She was planning to go. She got all the way up to the edge of going to Nepal, and they said, no, it's actually too dangerous for us to send a single woman into Nepal. Like, you, we're, we're, we can't do that. And so they told her she couldn't go. And by that time, all her friends, all the people that were around her were missions. They were all thinking about missions. They had all gone to school together. They were all, and so it, she told her friends, and they all cried, and we'll pray for you, and they all prayed over her. And at the end of that prayer time, they kind of were breaking up, and one of the guys comes up and goes, hey, uh, you know, I never asked you out because you said you were going to Nepal, and I don't feel called to Nepal, but um, I was wondering if you might be open to other places. Maybe we could get coffee and talk about it. And sure enough, because of the languages he spoke, and he wanted to go somewhere other than Nepal because she wanted to go somewhere dangerous. They found a place that ended up being a, a former Soviet republic that was a Muslim nation um, that I'm not going to name, and I'm not going to name the person because they don't allow missionaries there. And she, But she was a missionary there for... For years and years. Now, here's the thing. There are people in that country, this Muslim nation, who know Jesus because this girl said, I'm not going to take this decision that would give me pleasure in this moment because I believe God has something bigger for me. I'm going to give up the opportunity to have a boyfriend in high school so that I can share the gospel with people who will never hear it unless I do. And so she had a goal, and it changed the decisions that she thought were good for her because she wanted a greater good, not a good for the moment, not a this is the momentary pleasure that I'm going to get, but a greater good that's going to last into eternity, right? So this is the thing. Think about who do you think God wants you to be in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years? Think about that person and begin to think about, as you make your choices, think about what does that person look like and how does this choice get me to that place? It's hard. takes a lot of thought. But that's why we're putting it in our flow chart, right? Because it's a big question to ask. Let me pray for you guys and then, sorry, ran a little over. Had told my story too slow. Lord, thank you uh, for each one that's here. Lord, I pray that, that as they begin to make decisions um, in their life, uh, uh, is this good for me? Is this a thing that's good for me? Lord, that they won't think, is it good in this moment? But they'll think, is it good to get me to the goal, to the place that I know you want me to be? Lord, I just pray that, that this will become the second question that they ask about any big decision, small decision, any decision they make. Lord, Thank you for all you're doing in and through us and all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. See you Wednesday, maybe. Squad.